Okay, thanks for tuning in today. I'm very excited to introduce my guest, Jeff Stadden with Bland Enemy. Jeff is an expert in the world of branding. I want to say uh, welcome, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Ryan, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. No problem. So, Jeff, I think branding is a word that people tend to have different meanings for when they talk about branding. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those words that just everybody interprets differently in terms of business and franchising. So the first question I have for you is, how do you define branding? Ryan, that is an excellent question, and you're exactly right. Everyone has a definition that is uh, usually, I think, off base. Uh, what a brand actually is, is, is not, first of all, a logo. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not colors. It's not symbols. Uh, it's not anything that you particularly see. What, what a brand is, is uh, an experience <clears throat> and an emotion that someone feels inside when they think of a company. Mm -hmm. um, Marty Neumeyer, who is an expert in the field, uh, defines it as the gut feeling that you have about a business company or organization. Mm -hmm. it, it's that simple. It's the gut feeling. It, in other words, the brand lives inside the person. It's how they feel about it. It's mm -hmm. not. And so when they see the logo or they, they see some um, commercial or whatever, they immediately have a feeling. And that feeling is built up over time by all these experiences they have had with that brand. Mm -hmm. So it will be either positive or neutral or negative. Mm -hmm. But the brand that the most important thing I can say to people is the brand is what you can create, the emotion you can create inside your customer. That's really interesting. Like I think of the biggest brands we know, like, like let's say Disney, Disney evokes that family, you know, happy place, the fun, the excitement, the togetherness. So I, I've never really thought of a brand as an emotion, but I think that's so true. And I totally agree with you there. That's, that's really interesting. And Disney, Disney Ryan is a, a perfect example because they're all about creating uh, the emotional story world where you can go in and just be someplace else. Right. And uh, so they're, they're probably the, the ultimate brand in terms of creating experience. Uh, right. Nobody, when people see the Disney logo, blam, back comes the Magic Kingdom or their favorite movie or right. uh, that trip they took with the kids in 19, uh, uh, whatever it was, depending on how old they are now. Yeah. Um, and, and that exactly is what the brand is. It's that feeling you have. And, um, uh, you know, it can be damaged by, you know, sometimes things beyond your control as what happened with Tylenol many years ago. People, some people remember that, but it can also be repaired. But the mm -hmm. important thing is make sure that you understand that you're creating a positive emotional experience in your customer. That's the most important thing. Exactly. So let me ask you this, you know, a, a client approaches you and they have really no clue about branding. They don't know where to start, how to develop their brand. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you do when you sit down and you talk to somebody, what, what sort of plan or what process do you, do you recommend they, they start to develop their brand? Well, what the first thing I would do is, is ask them, um, 
what it is that they feel makes them different from anyone else. What is their main point? Okay, what is their main um, uh, benefit to to a customer? Uh, why why would anybody want to use their brand? And it's amazing how often um, that's a little difficult for people to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will then ask questions about um, everything I possibly can about their business, what it is they sell, who they who they sell to, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, you know whether that whether or not they have any kind of uh, uh, image or um, uh, y- you know logo that they uh, and 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 brand elements already in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, what customers have have said to them? Are customers happy? Do they get feedback? From their customers that are mm-hmm. that it, that is positive. What ex, who exactly are they? What's their message? Right. What is it that people really will connect to and love about them? And try to get at what that is. Um, and often they are not sure. And then I ask other questions to try to draw them out and say, well, you know, what do you think you are? Um, as right. opposed to maybe what your customers think you are. And I, I, I certainly will not start with uh, any of the visual brand elements uh, that, that have to be in place. Mm-hmm. I will talk about the essence of what they are, what makes you who you are, what is your, what is your main offering, and why, do, why should people want it? That's how, I, that's how I would approach it with them, have a long conversation along those lines. That's great. I mean, I completely agree with you there. And I think that those are areas that people don't really think about. Um, they they kind of get so sales minded. They think about, well, I got to make money. I've got to get customers. But they don't think about how to drive the customers and how to get the customers to identify with your company and connect with your company on an emotional level, I think, right? I think that I think that's exactly right. I, I think what happens um, with any companies, but in franchising too, because of course that's where I'm uh, aiming my my business. Mm-hmm. Um, they have something established to begin with. I'm talking now about emerging franchisors. So they they realize they have something that probably could be franchised, mm-hmm. and they go through all the necessary steps of getting that um, set up. Know, legally and, and all the training manuals and and they do that very well and there's companies that help them do that very well mm-hmm. um, but what they tend to overlook then is but what is my face to the to the end customer going to be that's going to attract them what is my message what do I look like am I um, a little Disney am I a little McDonald's at this mm-hmm. point do I have something to put forward Right. That is really appealing, um, and and not just to the franchisor, because really, what's appealing to the franchisor and to the end customer, it's the same thing. Okay, right. they're they're both going to respond to that, and so they they may have everything in place, and then say, okay, let's go. Yeah, and then they begin to do marketing, and this is an important distinction too. Uh, I don't really like the word branding itself because people confuse that with marketing. Mm-hmm. You, you are a brand and then you market your brand. Okay. Right. The brand is the, let's call it the foundation. It's like uh, what you build the house of marketing on top of. Right. If that foundation is bedrock, as it is with, with, with a great brand, a powerful brand, you're going to be able to market and succeed and attract people. 
if that if that brand is weak and unappealing and ill-defined, it's like a sand base. And you can mark it all you want, and you'll probably collapse over right. a period of time because no one's interested. Yeah. So I think that 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 a brand is that missing piece. Creating a powerful brand is that missing piece that's often there before people start to run into uh, large-scale franchising and growth, and that's why they have problems. Right. I would agree completely, and I think that there's two sides when you talk when you talk about franchising there's the side of franchise development i mean if you want to grow your your brand and your franchise and you want people to buy your franchise your brand is really important because people are going to be drawn to a brand that is well established and has a positive message and is growing and is well known they're going to be more drawn to buy it or invest their money into that franchise than someone who, or so, and then a brand that's not as well, I guess, well-established or as well-branded, right? So, and then it's also on the customer side, I think too, right? So, you know, because people that franchise, they want to grow their franchise, they want to develop it, they want to sell the franchise, but they also want to gain customers and sell to customers, right? Yeah, yeah, Ryan, you hit it right on on the head. Um, it, that That's exactly right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. When when you um, think about all the franchise opportunities that already exist, and in this climate now, there are a lot of people who, who what with COVID and, and, and just shifting economy, they've decided they want to <clears throat> get out of the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And they want to run their own business. Right. And their choices are, big guys okay well known as you say well known franchises why shouldn't i go there because they have that proven track record of success right and often sometimes those are priced out of reach of some people mm -hmm. but often it's they're not often the emerging franchise may have a similar uh, price point of entry to an established one so why in the world this is what the emerging franchise has to think franchisor why in the world would they want to choose me over somebody who's already well-known? So right. it's yeah. super important that you actually appear uh, just as though you're not new, that you, you're ready to come out of the box running with a complete, you completely know what you're doing, you know what your message is. It's an exciting message, right. it's an appealing concept. And so now, you put that next to a known brand and it's like, well, you know, I, I yes, I could go with, with this pizza place or this muffler place, but you know, this one, this one seems more exciting. This one seems more uh, contemporary. This one right. seems like more relevant to, to customers today. Right. Uh, this, this one has me more excited. And right. you know, the, the thing is it's when you buy a franchise, you're putting your life into that. Right. Uh, it's often your life savings. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that if you don't love, it's like a marriage. If you don't love it, uh, I don't think you should choose that one. I think right. you should choose one that excites you. Right. And and I think a lot of emerging franchisors, uh, when I look at their brand, I think, you know, you've got a great concept there, but it's not going to excite anybody. It's not going to excite the, the franchisee candidate and it's not going to really excite the end customer. Right. It, may, it may do okay, but if you want to uh, pull them away uh, from that, that name brand 
because they're they're nervous about you. And as soon as they get nervous that you don't have it together, well, they they won't sign. Right. They, they have to have confidence in you. That means you have to have confidence in your brand. That means it has to be a very exciting and powerful brand. Right. Right. I couldn't agree more with that. Well, let me ask you this, Jeff. Like, you know, when you look at brands out there, there's so many that are competitive. Like there's a lot of, let's say, cleaning franchise. There's a lot of painting franchises. There's so many franchises that fit in the same niche or same vertical. If if they approach you, how how do you help them get above their competition if they're in a similar sort of space? Yes, that's a great question, Ryan. And I, I just I have an example that um, that kind of might explain that the, the insurance industry is another one. Right. Okay. Uh, everybody seems the same. Well, I, I think one of the greatest campaigns right now, and this is the way I would approach it, mm. is uh, Liberty Mutual. Um, okay. And this they have what they have going for them is they differentiate, first of all, with um, with visuals. Mm -hmm. They have a bright yellow color on the commercials. Mm -hmm. They have Limu, Emu, and Doug, which yeah, yeah. Is, 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 I can't decide whether I hate or love these guys. <laughs> but they're funny. They're very but, funny. <laughs> but they are funny. And, yeah. and I remember every commercial. Yeah. And they've got the jingle. The jingle. Yeah. Liberty, liberty, liberty. Yeah. Liberty. Pardon the singing. I'm not that great at it. But yeah. It's the word liberty four times. Right. In a memorable way. Now, that's how they differentiate. That's how they get attention. Right. But how do they differentiate themselves as a product? And, and that's when it comes down to pay only for what you need. Okay. Right. So that's their different message. Pay only for what you need. They, they found something or they created something or they had it and maybe other people have it too, but they are the ones who are saying it. Yep. They found something that they can put forward as their message. Pay yeah. only for what you need. And I tell you, I've thought about switching insurance. And guess which one I'm thinking of calling? Liberty. Liberty. <laughs> and that's yeah. because of, uh, they got my attention and they differentiated themselves that way. And, and they had a, some humor. And now I'm in a good mood. And now they say, pay only for what you need. Well, that sounds great because I think I'm paying for things I probably don't need. So yeah. that, that is the approach of differentiation. Uh, look different, sound different, be different. Don't be mm -hmm. a, whatever you do. Don't be the same. Right. Do right. not do not be the same just because you like some other company or you say, well, that company is successful and they use red. Well, then don't use red. That's not why they're successful. They're successful because they're different than somebody else. And um, that, how much is Liberty paying you for this, Jeff? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not, not a penny. <laughs> okay. I, I will tell you, I didn't know who did their advertising and I, I looked it up because i because i thought you know am i crazy or is this really good branding yeah and it turned out to be goodby silverstein and partners or uh -huh. Silverstein, i think it is one of the major uh branding and advertising companies in the world mm -hmm. and uh, they did the got milk campaign and i thought yep. yeah, okay that's there's the reason right okay? because they know how to do branding and what excites me is I see so much, um, so many emerging franchisors that uh, if I can help them, and that's really what this is about, help. If I, if I can't help them, then yeah. I will tell them that. Um, uh, that. That's a different topic a little bit, but it's important. Right. Um, 
Uh, but I see a lot of places that that do have uh, something already differentiated, or we can certainly find something to do that. And and then it has to be consistently repeated and hammered home over and over again in everything that they do, mm -hmm. um, so that there is no confusion. There's no cross messages or you know messages that don't matter. You pick one and you go with it. And, right. Um, so that that's my example of how I would help someone is to take that approach of uh, of differentiation in what we call brand assets, and that's the jingle, the colors, you know, the voices, the comedy characters, you know, differentiate your brand look and assets. Mm -hmm. And then also you do need to have something different about yourself that you can say and own that becomes yours alone. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think that comes from what I think a lot of people neglect is understanding your, your customer. I think Liberty probably really had some good data on over the years, the decades of what their customers demanded. And they probably shaped that into their branding and that mess, that exact message you said, where you only pay for what you need. I'm sure they had enough demand at some point where people were saying, look, I only want to pay for what I need. And they just, yes, and then yes. a light bulb went off and they said, you know what, let's build our branding around that, that desire from people. You're, you're, you're exactly right. I'm, I'm sure I know that that firm, they do tons of research and, and that's my approach as well is, do you really know what your customers want? Right. Do you really know? You, you right. may think you do. Have you talked to them? Have you, have you interviewed them? Have you done research into what they say they want? Right. Okay. And and therefore, then can you can you uh, modify what your offering is, or bring out that point specifically that that's what you provide for them? But uh, absolutely, when when they did their Got Milk campaign, uh, before that it had been about milk building strong bodies and bones, and they realized that nobody cares about that. Right. Um, they care about whoops, uh, we forgot milk, and yeah. so. Uh, what really mattered to customers was getting home and having forgotten their milk and, and you know hitting themselves in the forehead and right. so their whole campaign was don't forget your milk you know it's right. already it's already a staple so so what you're offering uh yeah it needs it needs to resonate at the deepest level of yeah that's what i want that's what i want and if it's you know, if it's essential oils or if it's a different style of pizza or whatever, yeah, that's what I want. Right. And I, and I will become very loyal to that brand <clears throat> because you're giving me exactly what I wanted. I think the greatest question, and even, you know, with client tether and working with them and, and just clients that I have, the best question you can ask a client or customer is why did you decide to work with me? And why did you decide to work with us? And even if someone decided not to work with you, why did you decide to go with a competitor? Why mm -hmm. did you decide? I think you can learn so much on both sides. I think someone who sometimes people that don't want to work with you don't necessarily want to tell you why, but some people do. And I think that feedback, either negative or positive, is huge data for you as a, as a business owner or salesperson to go with you know, on your future in meetings or future prospects. That data is huge to understand what drives them to work with you or not work with you? Yeah, Ryan, exactly. I, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, if, if, a, if a company or business is afraid to hear the negative, yeah. they're only hurting themselves. 
Right. Um, you, you have to put on that thick, thick skin and say, okay, we may be doing something seriously wrong that we have no idea what it is. Right. And we need to make sure we need to find it out. Yeah. And then we need to correct it. Yeah. Um, it needs to be a learning experience. Uh, if, if, if a company only wants praise, they're, 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 um, they're going down the wrong road. Okay. Right. Because, right. um, you know, and, and that's the way I'll, I'll be with my business. It's, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you're not interested in working with me right now. Okay. That's fine. Can I ask why? Right. Um, and it may, uh, it may be something about that. I can change. It may not. Sometimes right. you're just what you're selling or what you're offering. I, I want to put it that way. Cause I don't sell things. I offer them, right. you know, and, and if what you're offering doesn't meet what they need, then fine. That's okay. <clears throat> Find that out. And then there was, then, then it was just not a good fit, not a good match. Right. Um, but if you, but like you say, if there's something that you're doing that you can change, uh, find it out, find it yeah, out. I exactly. Agree. And I think it's, it's difficult for business owners to do that because it's, they're so, they take things sometimes so personally because their passion is in this business that it's hard to step out of that and admit that you could be doing something better. And I think that's, it's really hard for a lot of people to do, but the ones that can do it, I think become more successful. So I a hundred percent think you're right. I, I, I think that's where the third party uh, that you bring in uh, is, is going to ask those tough questions and say, okay, do you want to hear the tough answers? Okay. Are you, if you're, if you're ready to hear tough answers, I can get them for you. Right. And, uh, you know, I had a recent client in which didn't really like some of the answers they got that they didn't expect uh, some dissatisfactions, but in the end, Guess what they did? They went and turned around and fixed those things in their business. Right. So, you know, it, yeah, at first it can sting, but if you don't want it, then you'll never learn how to correct, correct your course. I mean, I kind of treat it like it's like a boxer, right? I mean, you're going to take a few hits and you can't take a few hits and stop, stop fighting, right? You got to keep, keep going and figure out how to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and, and, and if an emerging franchisor is having trouble, there's, there's a problem somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and it may be a problem branding can fix. It may be an operational problem that branding can't fix, but you know, maybe a combination of things. Right. But one of the things I do, and one of the things that I think branding, uh, branding uh, experts need to do is get in there and, and look at the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to ask questions and I may find out there's a, you have a process problem. You know, mm -hmm. you have something that is, is uh, making it a, a worse experience for customers that you don't even realize. Right. But, but I could see it from the outside and I could see it by talking to people and I could dig that up for you. Right. And so in a, so that in a way, in a, a lot of people would say, well, that's not part of a brand branding person's business. And I say, well, yes, it is. Because if, if that foundation of, of a great brand is not there and that process problem is part of the foundation, then it needs to be addressed. And, right. and I'm going to bring it up and uh, have that be part of the solution package that I offer. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's great, Jeff. So real quick, before we wrap it up, any quick um good stories you have uh, with the experiences you've had with, with clients, anything you can talk about in terms of like a, a story that's really helped a brand develop? Well, it's not quite what you're saying, but I think it's crucial Okay. Uh, because it relates every, it relates to what we talked about the definition of what a brand is being a feeling. Um, right. 
a few years ago, I was in Chicago for the IFA convention mm -hmm. uh, with uh, a man I was working for at that time. And he said, hey, I want to take you to this little restaurant. It's just the greatest place in the world. And it was, it was a concrete block with plaster over it, uh, kind of rectangle. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, they had no logo. There was no identity at all. Mm -hmm. But when you walked in that door, that owner said, hey, how you doing, buddy? Come on in, sit down. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, good to see you. And this, now keep in mind, I was a stranger to this man. Right. But this was sincere. Yeah. So we sit down, we have our breakfast. The place is packed out, by the way. Mm -hmm. And he comes along and says, can I give you a few more eggs? You know, how are you doing today? Are you okay? Anything yeah. else I can get you? Yeah. Okay. 20 years later, I remember that. That man was the brand. Mm -hmm. That man was my experience. Yeah. That goes back to how the gut feeling, the gut feeling I have about that place is, oh, I wish I could go back. Right. Um, and yet there was not a name or a brand element in sight. Yeah. Now, of course, obviously, if you're an emerging franchise or you do have to have those things, yeah. those, the elements, and you're not going to be able to hire any, this guy because he's one, kind of one in a million. Yeah. But, but keep it in mind, it's the experience that you give when somebody interacts with you that really creates the brand loyalty. That's huge. And so if you uh, went back to Chicago, would you go back to that same restaurant? Well, I would if I could. Unfortunately, uh, there was a dispute uh, with uh, the city of Chicago about, uh, I guess, some uh, cleanliness violations, although I can't say I saw any, mm -hmm. and I can't say that the customers minded. Mm -hmm. um, and But I'll tell you what, he had such a loyal following that they put up a big petition and, and thousands of people signed it. Please don't shut this place down. Wow. Uh, because customers were, just loved that so much. So it's yeah. a shame. I don't believe he's still there and, and uh, it may not be living anymore. He's an older man at that time. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, yes, in a heartbeat, I would go back there. Um, and if I found any place around where I'm living now that was like that, I would go there in a heartbeat. I mean, that's so true because I've had experiences like that where I've gone to restaurants and, you know, you just kind of had like a mediocre experience, but then I've gone to restaurants where the owner comes out and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sitting down with my family and it's like, how is everything? How do you like, can I get you anything? Mm -hmm. And you just, you remember that and, and you take that back home and you tell your friends or you tell your family, I went to this place and man, these people were attentive. They were nice. They were friendly. I mean, and that just drives business. So yeah, I, I totally agree. So Jeff, I really want to thank you so much. I've learned a lot from, from listening to you myself. Um, I want to ask, you know, if people do want to contact you, uh, where can they find you? How can they find you? How can they contact you? Okay. I'm glad you asked me that. And uh, they can go to my website. Okay. That's bland enemy, B-L-A-N-D-E-N-E-M-Y.com. Okay. Uh, and they will there uh, see exactly the kind of person I'm hoping to help. Okay. Um, and if they feel like they're that person, they can uh, right from there, they can schedule a 15 minute chat with me um, right from the site. Okay. So that's, that's probably the best way because then, you know, they know when the time is and I do too. Right. Um, if they do want to email me, my email information is there. I'm Jeff, J-E-F-F -F, at blandenemy.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and if they want to call me directly, that's fine. Um, area code 717-808-0361. Uh, 
and that's the Eastern time zone. Okay. But uh, I think I think going to the site is probably the best way because they'll get a feeling for then more, even than what we talked about today, uh, what I do and what I offer, um, including prices. There are price packages there that uh, they can get a feeling uh, about that. So um, I look forward to being contacted in any of those ways. And your focus is primarily working with, would you say, emerging franchises or semi-established franchises? Well, I, I help emerging franchisors is my is my uh, kind of my Liberty Mutual line, mm -hmm. but uh, really any franchise that that can use what I what I do in terms of brand help is is great. Okay, it's mm -hmm. it, it's not exclusive to to emerging franchises what I do. There are established ones that have gotten very stale and they might be 50 year old uh, franchises that are still kind of stuck because they're not contemporary. So right. those are those people are plenty uh, uh, welcome to come, and I would love to to talk to them as well. Well, great, Jeff. Thank you so much. This is Ryan with Client Tether. This is Jeff Staden. Bland Enemy is the company. Reach out to Jeff. He is a wealth of knowledge. Jeff, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk soon. You too, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on. Have a great weekend yourself. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye.